Hey guys, welcome back to Teen Talk. Today we'll be discussing how drugs impact teen mental health. I was lucky enough to have a friend who prefers to be anonymous to come on and talk about her experience with drugs and how that affected her mental health. So, Miss Anonymous, if you want us to give us a little background about how you, how, what were your experiences with drugs and how that impacted your mental health? So, I'm a recovering drug addict, and I've been sober for a year now. Um, I originally started using drugs um, because of the situation at my dad's house. So, my parents got divorced when I was really young, and every time I would go to my dad's house, he never treated me like a daughter. Um, I was sexually abused. Um, he would play mind games with me. He would throw things. Um, it just, it's not what you want a father to be. Um, so... Once I got to the age of about 14, I started smoking weed as a way to cope with that. Um, and then around the same time um, that I was smoking weed, um, I started drinking. Um, my dad was an alcoholic, so I had very easy access to alcohol. Um, I started doing all these things and I started sneaking out late at night and I started partying. And I actually got reported for that. Um, because it is illegal and um, when I went in uh, I had to sit with a cop um, in an interrogation room and they recorded me um, and tried to get me to confess for underage drinking and, and drug use but instead I used that as an opportunity to talk about my dad and how he was mistreating me um, so that's when the whole court thing started and I got out of my dad's house they let me live with my mom temporarily and I got a PFA put up against my dad which if you don't know is protection from abuse um, and during that time I was incredibly stressed out because I knew that my dad had to be so angry with me because he is very profound about his reputation and he didn't want anyone to know what he was doing. So I was terrified that he was going to just show up and hurt me basically. So I started using heavier drugs to try to cope with that. And it worked because when I was high, I couldn't think about, you know, all that that was happening in my life. All I could think about was how good I felt and how I couldn't think about anything and I just felt good. Because drugs, most of them, especially weed, will release dopamine in your brain and it makes you feel really happy. So even though I was really depressed and I was suffering from PTSD and I was scared for my life, I felt happy because I couldn't think about that. So I kept using and when weed wasn't doing enough for me anymore, I made the choice to start trying heavier drugs. Um, I got all these sorts of pills that I didn't even know what they were and I started taking them and I got addicted to them, like very bad. So when I would run out of the pills, I would just take like tens and tens of pills from all the medicine cabinets and just mix them all together, hoping that I would feel some sort of high. And obviously that never worked. I would just end up not waking up for the next two days. And my dog would have to try to push me out of the bed. Um, I usually got away with it because I was 
conscious enough to talk, so I would just tell my mom that I was feeling sick and that I was tired. Um, so she never thought anything of it. Um, but one time I, I did that, and the next morning I couldn't, I couldn't stand up, I couldn't move, and I had my face was blue, and I had raccoon eyes. Um, my eyes were so incredibly bloodshot. Um, I looked dead. I 100% looked dead. And that's when my mom realized that I had a problem. Um, she took me to the doctors to get checked out. Um, I still didn't tell her that it was a drug problem, but I think deep down she knew that that's what was happening. Um, so we went to the doctors. They couldn't figure out what was wrong with me, actually. Um, I just lied and covered everything up because I didn't want to get sent to rehab. I didn't want to have to be sober and think about everything. So the next day I went to school as if nothing happened, but um, the high still hadn't worn off from the pills. And it wasn't a good high. It was a high that gave me anxiety and it made me feel like I was dead. So. I went to the guidance office at one point. I actually didn't mean to. Um, it was during first block, and I remember it because it was the day right before quarantine started. It was March 11th. Um, the night before that is when I had overdosed. Um, I went to the doctors, I went to school, it was first block, and I just really wasn't feeling good. And I asked my teacher if I could go to the nurse. I was so out of it and barely even conscious that I ended up going to the guidance counselor's office instead of the nurse on accident. And when I got there, she asked me what was wrong. And I, again, was so out of it that I just openly told her what happened. And right away, um, she got the cops to come in and they took me to the hospital. I ended up staying there for a few days um, before they sent me to a, um, a psychiatric hospital or it was like a rehab um, but for kids my age um, it was there were a lot of other kids in there that actually didn't have a drug problem they were trying to commit suicide which is sort of the same thing because I was overdosing so often that they thought that there was an underlying, you know, suicide problem, but there wasn't. I was just struggling so much to achieve a good high that I took so many pills and didn't really care if it killed me. So it made sense that they put me in there. Um, but I stayed in there for almost two weeks and then I got sent home. Um, and ever since then, I relapsed many times actually when they let me out. Um, I, it took me a long time to learn um, but they actually put me on meds now that make me feel like I'm high in a way. Um, they gave me some really good depression and anxiety meds that are helping me immensely with my, with my mental health disorders, especially the PTSD and everything, so I can feel calm without having to use drugs. But again, um, my goal is to get off of the pills at some point because they make me feel really mellowed out in a way where I can't think quite properly um, and often I just forget what I'm talking about so it's actually quite hard to do this podcast thing right now um, 
but I plan to get off of the meds at some point because although they are helping me stay sober, um, it's really affecting my everyday life and quite frankly I think that I would pick weed any day over prescription medication because plants are natural. Weed is natural, but you have no idea really what's in the medication that doctors just hand out to you like candy. I mean, I think there's something definitely wrong with that. So going back to earlier, you you talked about how you used drugs when you were in your dad's house. Um, how old were you when you started using drugs? Um, I had tried alcohol a few times um, when I was younger, just out of curiosity, but I didn't really start like using them until I was about 14. Now, you, you mentioned drug use, use and alcohol use. Would you mix alcohol and drugs together? All the time. Yeah, it, it's definitely, um, it's actually a pretty popular thing. A lot of the kids that I would hang out with, uh, you would call it, you know, getting cross-faded when you smoke weed and, and get drunk at the same time. And it is, it's a pretty, um, it's an interesting feeling, but um, I wouldn't recommend it, that's for sure. What would you not recommend about it? Um, I wouldn't recommend anything about it. I think, personally, that alcohol is worse than drug use, I think. And I think, actually, on a different topic, that, you know, alcohol should be, you know, more common. Like, you see drug people coming to the schools all the time and saying, like, oh, kids don't do drugs, like, stay drug-free. I think that they should mention alcohol in that. Like, alcohol is known as such a normal thing. So many people drink it. It's available at, you know, gas stations. It's available at restaurants and just everywhere. And I don't think it should be. I know many of my peers talk about how their parents drink a lot of alcohol and they're like, oh, they look so happy and they're having such a good time. I, I feel like I want to try it too. What would you say to people your age who are wanting to try alcohol thinking it's going to be good for them? That's a tough one um, because I know it is tempting and I know if I just say don't do it that's not going to make them not do it because it is it, it looks like fun and um, often you'll seem cooler if you drink alcohol um, but I just think that it makes people angry and you can't think you can't control yourself um, and alcohol ruins a lot of families I think, you know, just the average, you see so many dads in families, not just, I'm not being biased, biased because of my dad, but there's so many dads that will often drink too much and they just, they tear apart their families and moms too. Um, my stepmom used to drink way too much. Um, I just think that, you know, you think of smoking weed and it's seen as just something that makes people hungry. I mean, you know, it gives you the munchies and then you take a nap. But when people drink alcohol, you never hear stories like that. You think of someone getting in a fight at a bar. You think of someone um, calling their ex. Like alcohol just makes you do very dumb things and I don't think it should be advertised as a fun time. Now, many people our age think if they're going to drink alcohol, they're not at risk for having an addiction. Did you think you weren't at risk for having an addiction when you first started using drugs and alcohol? Yeah, I thought I would never, I would never have an addiction. That's what I thought. I remember the first time I tried it, uh, weed, I mean, the first time I tried smoking weed, I thought, 
wow, this is a crazy feeling. And I was like, okay, I'm gonna put this away now and you know, I'll just remember this day, this was fun. And then a week later I was having a bad day and I thought, yeah, I need to smoke again so I can feel good. That was the worst decision I could have ever made because what I thought right there, that's what led me to drug addiction. Because once you start smoking because you're having a bad day, you realize that you start picking out the little things. Like, you do one thing wrong and your mind just makes that an excuse to do drugs. Before you started using drugs and alcohol, were you made aware of the of the addiction you could face and were you at all educated about drugs and alcohol? Um, I remember having people come into the school all the time. People say don't do drugs, they're bad, stay in school, all that, but I don't think I was educated well enough. I was not aware um, how addicting it could be and how you got addicted. I thought, you know, when I hear about drugs, I just hear like, oh, like heroin, all this stuff, like homeless people do heroin, you know. You don't actually yeah. you don't actually think about like, you know, being a 14-year-old and you smoke weed so you can feel happy. But I started thinking like, okay, only on bad days I'm going to smoke weed. And then say I would, you know, trip and fall. I would say, "Oh, this just made my day bad. Now I'm going to smoke weed." And then before I knew it, I was smoking weed every day. And then sooner or later, I was smoking weed five times a day to the point where I couldn't eat without smoking weed, I couldn't sleep without smoking weed. I just constantly had it on me and it ruined me. Plus it was very expensive to do that. So I would not recommend that. So you just talked about how expensive it was. Would you have to steal money from your parents or how did you get the money to get drugs? I actually only stole from my parents twice. Um, I did make a promise to myself um, when I realized that I was, you know, spending a lot of money. I promised that. I was like, oh, I'll never, you know, be so bad that I have to steal money from my parents to buy drugs. Like, I, I made a promise to myself that I would never be that low. But at one point, I just, I, I couldn't even tell you what happened. I just, I did. I stole probably over $400 um, over a span of maybe four months just to, you know, stay high. When you were at your lowest, were you aware that you were at your lowest point in your addiction? No, I was not. I thought I was living the best life because it's actually very common. You know, like I said, weed especially will release dopamine in your brain. You know, there's, I don't know all the, the science behind it, but a lot of drugs will make you feel happy for that short period of time. So as long as you're just staying high all the time, you really think that you're doing amazing. You know, I would get, say for school, you know, um, when I would be doing homework, I'd be high and I'd get like two questions done on a math worksheet and I'd say, wow, I did so much today. This is amazing. But looking back, I was really, I was doing nothing. I was just, I was so high that I thought I was doing so well and achieving so much. But looking back, I was at the lowest point in my life. So on that day that you walked into the guidance office, if that had never happened, where do you think you'd be today? I would be dead, 100%. The, the uh, nurses at the hospital actually told me that too, because at the rate that I kept overdosing, um, my body, it 
wouldn't have been able to handle it anymore. And I was too high to realize like all the damage that I was doing to myself. I would 100% be dead. So being sober one year now, mm-hmm. are you afraid of drugs or do you still feel that connection with it that it could somewhat? Um, to the pills that I was doing that kept that I kept overdosing on, I don't miss them at all. And I would never go back to them. I have a true hate for pills anymore. But the weed, I can't say I hate. I honestly don't think I'll ever be able to live my life without thinking about weed because looking back, I I don't see how it caused too many problems for me. I mean, I think I did get mentally addicted to it, but I think it was, in a way, helping with my PTSD. And I liked that it was natural and it was a plant. And now that I see that they're, you know, legalizing it in states nearby, like Virginia just legalized it for recreational use, I think that eventually it's going to be legalized in PA. And when it is, I will be using it. I don't see anything wrong with it, honestly. Okay, so seeing as we're kind of moving into the drug use now, What extent would you go through to go get drugs? Um, there's a lot of times where I, I did pretty bad things, um, to, you know, get drugs. And I mean, I'm, I don't want to gloat, but I'm a pretty girl and I have, you know, done some things with some guys to get drugs and I'm ashamed of that um, looking back but it when I was low on money it was a way to you know and, and it was consensual but I don't agree with what I did and looking back I really regret that um, I also at one point was so low on money that I had to go up into the attic and find a little piggy bank and I paid in $70, I paid with change, $70, and I sat there for two hours counting out money. Um, and then when my dealer came, I had to sit there for another two hours and count it out for him, so that way he knew it was $70. And that, I honestly still can't believe that I did all that. What would you do to prevent your family from seeing you going to get drugs? Um. I would wait until late at night. Um, I actually never got any sleep when I was going through my drug phase. Um, I would stay up until like midnight and then I'd sneak out and go get drugs. I would I would even sell drugs. Um, and normally I wouldn't get home until about 6 a.m. And then I'd sleep for like an hour um, and I'd wake up for school at seven, go to school, come home, you know, do homework, eat dinner, and then I just stay up till midnight waiting to go out and I kept repeating that process and that that just ate me alive. How do you feel your drug use would have differed if you didn't have school in your life? Um I don't know. I've never really thought about that. Um I feel like it wouldn't have been as bad, honestly, because part of it was, you know, some of my used-to-be friends um, from school would smoke with me um, at school Um, and we would just pop pills in the bathroom and I think that 
if I hadn't been in school, I wouldn't have been doing so much during the day. Um, I wouldn't have had to either. Um, a lot of times I would get high during school, just that way I wouldn't have to focus on, you know, the teacher talking or anything, because, you know, school isn't fun, you know, you go there to learn, and I didn't want to have to do that, so I would just remain high the whole time. So those friends that you would use drugs with, are they still using drugs and are they still a part of your life? Uh, they are still using drugs, yes, and no, they're not a part of my life. Um, I talk to some of them sometimes, but um, we really just want nothing to do with each other anymore because I got sober and they don't want to, so we just have nothing in common anymore. So since you've gotten sober, what coping mechanisms do you use? Um, that's something I'm still struggling with. Um, I actually have a therapist for that. Um, it's drug and alcohol counseling, and I go there all the time to, um, talk about drug use and she just helps me um, you know think through my week and she gives me coping mechanisms all the time but I I still struggle uh, to find some good ones usually I exercise a lot um, you hear a lot of people when they get in recovery um, they start running a lot it's actually very common that people, when they when they get sober, they decide to like start running marathons and stuff. It's because when you run, um, or when you exercise, um, it gives you a sort of high. It's not a high that you would get from any substances, but um, I forget what it releases in your brain. Um, but when you exercise, it releases some sort of something in your in your brain that just makes you feel really good. Um, so I know when I exercise, if I'm ever feeling upset or if I'm feeling like I want to relapse, I just, I start working out and it, it really calms me down. There's also, you know, um, reading, um, it kind of takes your mind off of everything. And I found I really like reading because it, it sort of takes me into another world and it helps because, you know, when I was doing drugs, I liked to do them because it helped me escape into, you know, another world where I, didn't, where I didn't have to think about my life. So I found that when I read a book, I don't have to think about my life. I can just be the character in the book, and I, I really like that. What encouraged you to be sober? Um, definitely my health. Um, my mom was a big part of it. Um, she definitely helped me immensely throughout recovery, but I think once I got sober for about two weeks, I started looking in the mirror and the doctors were pointing out everything that was wrong with me. I was actually, um, I only weighed 100 pounds then, and I was 15 and I was five foot four at that point. So that I was 20 pounds, under the average weight. You could literally see my ribs. You could see all my bones um, because the drugs had me so underweight. Um, my eyes were just black all the time. Um, my hair was falling out, actually. That's not something as common, but I found from all the drug use, I wasn't eating as much, I wasn't sleeping. It's just, I mean, I was breaking out all over my face. It was just, you know, it was exactly what you don't want to look like. There were so many side effects from it. So, 
seeing as you've only been sober for one year, I understand if you've not set goals for yourself in a few years, but do you hope to see, your somewhere, see yourself somewhere in like five or 10 years, or do you hope to accomplish something in that time period? Definitely. Um, I actually have a plan to move to a different um, state. Um, I think I'm not necessarily running away from any of my problems, but I think if I just go somewhere new and start a new life where I'm not known as the druggie, you know, I think that would help me a lot. In some cases, being called the druggie, that, does that make you just want to turn back to drugs so you can almost block out that side of your life? No, I think it, it makes me realize, you know, how dumb I looked. Because, you know, when people used to call me a druggie when I was on drugs, I thought, well, yeah, I am, whatever. But now that I'm sober, when people call me a druggie, it just makes me mad. Because I've done so much and I've tried so hard to get sober. So when people, you know, accuse me of being high or say, oh, Ashley must be high, look at what she just did, you know, all this stuff. It, it might be funny, but it actually it really hurts me because I've worked so hard to lose that and to be sober. What do you think about prescription medicines to assist sobriety? Um, I think that they, they help a lot, um, but, and I'm not saying I've, see, I don't know, because I think it depends on who you are as a person and what mental health issues you already have. Um, because I know that the depression and anxiety meds I'm on, I, I think that they are helping a lot and I like them. But going back, um, when I was in rehab, if I could have just decided to not be put on any meds, I think that would have been the best decision for me. Because now that I'm on these meds, I, I can't really imagine going without them. It almost scares me to not have these like mental aids helping me throughout my day. Um, and I, I'd be scared to not have the prescription meds and it almost feels like I'm addicted to them in that sort of way because I can't imagine going without them. So looking back, I would decide to not have any. What is the, alco what is the difference between alcohol and drugs? That is a really tough question. Um, I'm sure if you look at, you know, the, the formula for drugs and the formula for alcohol, you could, you know, notice the differences, but if you look at how they impact your mental health, I think that alcohol will make you, you know, angry. As I said earlier, I think alcohol is terrible. Um, it doesn't really help with anything. It just makes you feel numb, as do many drugs as well, but I think alcohol just, you lose control of everything, um, and you don't even feel happy. Um, alcohol, it can make you feel numb to everything, or it can make you feel very angry. That's very common. Um, where with drugs, um, you just feel happy, or you feel tired. And I'm not, you know, voting for drugs. Um, they're not good for you, but I think if you're looking at the difference between drugs and alcohol, drugs are definitely... I'd say much better than alcohol. So something new I've learned recently is the difference between stimulants and depressants. Were you more apt to taking stimulants or depressants? Um, really all of them. Um, I never honestly got behind the science of it. Um, 
I knew what stimulants were and I knew what depressants were, but I never cared to ask what the pills were before I took them. I honestly was at this point where I didn't care what I was taking as long as it made me, you know, go numb and feel okay. So I couldn't even tell you which one I was doing more. What is the biggest misconception about drug users? Um, well, there's many. Um, I would say that they're, that they're trash, honestly. Um, a lot of drug users, you know, you see them as just like um, someone that hurts people, like a low life and all this, but honestly, I think it's just someone that's damaged. Like, it's, it's a person that was hurt so much to the point where they had to turn to a substance to be able to feel okay. So, now we're going to start wrapping this up. What would you... What kind of advice would you have to say to somebody who's deciding to become sober now? Um, I would say just stay strong. I know that the first couple of months that I was, I'd say the first four months were the hardest couple of months of my life. Um, withdrawal is a bitch, honestly, and I would just stay strong because it's worth it. Once you get to this point, when I hit my one year mark, I realized so many things and I feel incredible. Um, just honestly stay strong and find good coping mechanisms, especially exercising. You want to look for stuff that releases, you know, endorphins in your brain to make you feel good. Um, find little things like that and it'll keep you going. All right. Thank you so much for coming. I know it was probably really hard to talk about and it's a big step, especially for you being one year sober. I mean, that's, that's amazing. It, it really is, especially for your age and everything. So... Know that if you're listening as a teen with current mental health disorder, you're not alone. You matter, and nobody can imagine this world without your personality. Um, bye now.